Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Hidden Stories of the Royal Parks podcast. I'm Kristen Miller, and I support marketing and communications at the Royal Parks. Today, we're going behind the scenes of the Royal Parks Half Marathon, the flagship fundraising event for the Royal Parks charity. Founded in 2008, this incredible run goes through four of the eight Royal Parks and takes in some of the most extraordinary sights London has to offer. We explore the race's role in shaping sustainability here in the UK and talk with project lead Persephone Deacon-Cole about the future of the event. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm here with Persephone Deacon-Cole, project lead for the Royal Parks Half Marathon presented by Royal Bank of Canada. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, good afternoon, Kristen. Thanks for having me. You've been working on the half marathon for over two years now and have brought about some incredible changes to the race's approach to sustainability. To put the impact into context, can you talk a little bit about the history of sustainability in the mass participation sporting sector? So I should fess up immediately that prior to coming to the parks, I had very, very, very limited experience of mass participation sporting events. However, I did have over two decades of experience within the events industry and had always had an interest in sustainability. So I was very much building on the foundations that had already been laid at the Royal Parks Half Marathon with their very green ethos. So when I arrived, I was sort of shocked at the number of plastic bottles that were on the course. And rather unpopularly, because I'm a non-runner, I was very much putting the environment before the runner experience when I was questioning how many plastic bottles we were using. It just seemed at odds to me that here we are giving our participants a chance to run through grade one listed landscapes. And there we were almost facilitating this kind of Um, use of plastic and the plastic bottles being discarded as runners run through the parks. At that time, plastic issue was very much when I joined at the forefront of everybody's mind, thanks to David Attenborough and his piece around, you know, the plastic planet and what more we could be doing. So let's get into the changes that you've implemented since you've joined the parks. What exactly have you done? So when I joined the Royal Parks Half Marathon team, The first thing I wanted to do was address the amount of plastic on the course. And so that meant dialing down the amount of plastic bottles that we had with water in them and switching them from plastic bottles to recyclable cups. Um, So for the first year, we didn't go all out, no bottles on the course. We had two stations that provided water in cups. Furthermore, what we also had to look at is the provision of sports drink. So Actually, sports nutrition on a half marathon course is not a kind of medical requirement. It's a nice to have. And so, again, we were looking at the sports nutrition that we had previously provided, which was, again, in a plastic bottle. So if it wasn't mission critical to have it there, why were we providing it? So through consultation with our runners, we decided that we were going to remove that element from the course. That had a huge impact in kind of reducing the amount of plastic that we had first off. On top of that, we also looked at the runner's booklet, which previously had been a booklet that was sent out to runners in a traditional printed format. So we decided to go digital. On top of that, we also looked at our T-shirt, which I should say is a T-shirt that's made with high sustainable credentials. It's made from recycled polyester and bamboo. So we looked at changing that up from mailing that out 
to then providing it as a finishers t-shirt. So again, that whole removal of stuff being mailed out, stuff being put in packages, stuff being transported around the UK and beyond. Again, trying to minimise our carbon footprint by not having that item posted out. And also we were looking at what more we could do on site. So one of the key things that we try and encourage people not to have because we have our you know, charities and stakeholders, everybody on site in their various marquees that we encourage a no palm oil policy. Um, the reason we do that is we feel that obviously we are a grade one listed green site spread over 5,000 acres in London. And we wanted to mirror the fact that there are huge problems with deforestation going on in other parts of the planet due to our consumption of palm oil. So it was being sensitive to that. So that was very much that our whole kind of partners and vendors and charities bought into this environmental promise, this kind of commitment to try and do more, because obviously this is something that we can't all just solve. We can't flick a switch and go, that's it. We've sorted this whole sustainability issue. It's very much a journey uh, leading to hopefully at some stage, a better destination. But that destination obviously keeps changing. Very well said. Um, I'm curious, tell me more about this environmental promise. Who did you ask to commit and what did they need to do to be a part of it? We basically created this environmental um, policy, I would say, that we asked everybody to try and commit to. So that meant that we had quite open conversations with our Golden Oak charity partners around The fact that, you know, when it comes to charities supporting events, there tends to be a lot of plastic collateral. You know, you think about the balloons, you think about the um, sort of banners and the clangers and the this and the that, and all of that builds up. What we were keen for people to do is not to just, you know, casually discard all of that and have something new made that is more sustainable and more ethical. What we try and encourage everybody to do is to use what you have. And then when that has kind of, come to the end of its lifespan, perhaps look at making some changes and seeing what that could be replaced with, replacing it with something that is made from more sustainable materials. So the palm oil was one part of that. The looking at your collateral, what you're bringing onto site, I should say that actually the Royal Parks have a policy of no balloons on site because unfortunately balloons do then have a habit of bursting free and then bursting and then becoming kind of tangled up in trees or in shrubs, which are then a threat to the wildlife in the parks. So all of those kind of points were, you know, wrapped up in one presentation that we put to our charity partners and our sponsors. You also introduced Green Stewards at the Food and Fitness Festival. As I understand it, they were there to help the public at large play a role in the race's sustainability goals. What did they do on race day? The kind of biggest areas that we're looking to work on is obviously waste and recycling and power is the other one and infrastructure. So the green stewards were brought in to basically help people on site discard of their rubbish mindfully. I think we've all been in that situation where we've gone to an event and we're kind of faced with a sort of bank of bins and we're looking at our can and we're looking at our plate of food that we've, you know, just consumed. And it's like, well, what goes where? The stewards were on hand to help. And so they were able to advise people to say, that's great. You've got your um, food there, which is on a compostable plate that can all go into this bin. 
and your can go into this bin. And it was just kind of having a conversation with people, giving them a bit of guidance if they were looking a bit kind of confused or lost and just reinforcing the fact that obviously, you know, the Royal Parks Half Marathon is very much striving to be the greenest race in the UK. It's interesting to hear you talk about having to control the waste streams to be able to compost. I know this is also true for recycling. How have you all addressed these barriers more broadly throughout the race? So there are a number of things that we have in place. We looked holistically at everything that we were using on the course. So I mentioned earlier on about how in 2018, we made the switch from having a few of our um, water stations providing water in paper cups. And then we furthered that ambition in 2019 by having the entire course plastic bottle free. So our participants had a choice of either taking water on board via the biodegradable paper cups, or we had an innovation uh, with Uhu water capsules, which are a seaweed water capsule, whereby um, you can take water on board through the capsule and indeed swallow the capsule as well. Or if you weren't a fan of the capsule, you can just discard that and that is a biodegradable material. So that wasn't an issue. We also looked at the end of the race traditionally, and rightly so, participants are given um, a large amount of water to take on board. And for the first year we um, that I was on board for the Royal Parks Half Marathon, we used a company called One Water, who were absolutely excellent. And then the next year we partnered with somebody else called Canna Water. So again, that was minimising the waste stream because the great thing about having water in a can, a can can be recycled an infinite amount of times. So we were looking at everything about how can we minimise the amount of different things that we have. That was what was happening on the course. And further to that, we were looking at the festival site. So getting our vendors to come on board with us with using biodegradable and compostable materials and making sure that we were sort of minimising all of those different you know, waste streams that you can, to use my analogy before about people arriving and thinking, hey, where do I put my waste? It's trying to manage that so you haven't got 10 different streams, but you've got five different streams, you know, making it a little bit easier for everybody all round. We were very fortunate to work with some great suppliers. We had our green stewards and we really worked hard on basically getting our recycling figures up as well as our composting figures. Why did you feel it was time to make this bold move, especially considering that the whole industry was wedded to some of these unsustainable practices? Well, again, you know, just to sort of cycle back to the sort of beginning of the Royal Parks Half Marathon, it's an event that has always been very proud of its green roots. For me, it was joining the team and making sure that we were building on that. Obviously, with, you know, sustainability, it's a fast moving and changing landscape. So it's important to be across, you know, all of the new developments. And we very much wanted to be a a leader in the field in the UK. We were, you know, obviously influenced by what we saw in the US because they don't use plastic bottles on their courses. And again, you know, I can't emphasize enough David Attenborough's um, bringing the whole plastic to the fore it was a becoming a kind of untenable issue. And we saw so many posts on Instagram and Twitter and all across social media, various other events where there was a kind of complete sea of plastic. 
And we didn't want to be part of that problem. So how did the participants receive these changes? Climate change is at the front of so many people's minds. Do you feel like this sentiment was shared by your runners? Absolutely. I mean, with all of the changes that we made around switching from bottles to cups, which is deemed unpopular, we communicated that very thoroughly to our runner base. Likewise, with the whole switch from um, not providing any sports drinks on the course. And, you know, I'm delighted to say that when we surveyed our runners, 82% of our runners do say that sustainability is an important factor when they're selecting an event. So, you know, that really highlights the fact that people are bought into the whole sustainable ethos of the event. I can say, you know, quite unequivocally that our runners really valued all of the changes that we were trying to um, make and understood that, you know, we were making these changes for the betterment of the planet There is still obviously more work to be done, but I think that um, when you see that 82% of our runners feel that it's an important piece to be a part of, then actually, you know, making changes like not mailing out runner booklets and dialing down the um, plastic water bottles and providing them with sustainable race t-shirts and an FSC approved wooden medal are all part of a greater picture. Yeah, wow, that's really encouraging to hear. 82% of your runners were so supportive of these initiatives. You know, I've noticed many other events focusing on reducing waste. And do you think that the Royal Parks Half has influenced them in any way? I certainly like to think so. Um, I think, you know, now so many of us are looking at our own practices to see, you know, what more we can do. And, um, You know, I'm delighted that other people are making changes and I would like to think that we have maybe been the ones that have kind of, you know, furthered their interest in how to do things more sustainably. There is actually a mass participation sporting events kind of panel, cross panel specifically about sustainability. And, you know, on that, they are continually discussing and sharing best practice and seeing what more can be done. We saw a lot with London Marathon introducing runner belts so runners could have water um, on their person. And I think everybody is basically bought into the idea that, you know, if we want to continue to have these events, then we have to do our part in protecting the planet. Yeah, well said. How has your outlook changed on sustainability in light of um, the current pandemic, both as it relates to the race, but beyond? You know, it seems the initial impact was positive with the dramatic decrease in pollution across the globe, but now it may be shifting into, you know, a different space as we move into this new reality. I mean, there were certainly some encouraging signs there, um, for sure, with obviously, you know, pollution dropping off with people not traveling so much. Um, so that was a kind of a breath of fresh air, I think, for the world. Literally. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, both as part of the Royal Parks Half Marathon team and as a society as a whole, you know, we can't afford to rest on our laurels. Um, we need to, you know, again, look around the world and see what's happening. And sadly, At the moment, there are the huge fires that are raging through California. Um, So we can't afford to be complacent. So, you know, we need to kind of continue to look at what we're doing and aim to reduce our carbon footprint of the event wherever we can. And that means looking at every single aspect. My colleague, Sarah, is currently calculating our carbon footprint. And obviously, I liaise with our sustainability manager, a great deal on what more, you know, we can be doing. 
I mean, it really is down to the detail. There is so much that we can do. You know, there are now amazing things like recycled cable ties. You know, we use so many cable ties on an event like that. There's just tiny little details. Like, again, the pins that were sent with the race bib came in a teeny tiny little Ziploc bag. So we've got rid of the little Ziploc bag when we were having our race t-shirts designed and delivered to us instead of them being delivered in individually wrapped plastic bags they now come in a recycled sack again that's eliminating all of those single use bits of plastic out of the waste stream so yeah it can get very very granular wow it's really impressive though i think that's incredible how like specific you are looking at all of the details and what more you can be doing you know, sustainability isn't something that can ever be crossed off the to-do list. There is always more to do, right? So with that in mind, you know, what are some steps that you all are looking to take in the future? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we're really keen to nail is the water. I mean, we've done a huge amount on that with regard to um, moving away from plastic bottles uh, to water in cups. But I should say, you know, just to kind of touch on what you were speaking about earlier on in like the current pandemic, we will need to be not only looking at what we're doing through a lens of sustainability, but also through a lens of being COVID secure. We are going to be, again, interrogating everything that we do to try and continue with our sustainability efforts while also making sure that our participants are safe. Um, Power is a huge one. And um, again, there have been some great strides that have been made with generators. And I know this might sound a little bit counterintuitive to what I was discussing earlier on around palm oil. But weirdly, a lot of generators are now run from sustainable palm oil. And this, again, is doing a huge amount of reducing carbon emissions and, you know, moving away from the traditional diesel generators. And I guess, you know, the other big one would be kind of I think this is more and more becoming in sort of into people's psyche when you think about meat-free Mondays and Veganuary and such things. I mean, I myself am a vegetarian, so I think if everybody can sort of, you know, look at what they're consuming, that would also be really helpful to obviously reduce meat consumption. What's the craziest or most unique idea you've had in terms of reducing waste through the Royal Parks half? So the one thing that I um, was lucky enough to stumble across was a company called EcoBooth and um, they can literally take all of your plastic detritus. This might be pens that have now run out, toothbrushes which have been discarded. Um, We have a situation at the Royal Parks where on the start line, our runners tend to peel off a layer which then gets left behind. I should add that we work very closely with Um, charities in collecting those discarded clothing and then they are kind of you know cleaned and put into charity shops or if they're not of a good enough quality they then get ragged and used for other things but yeah talking to this company one of the things that we could do is collect all of those bits and pieces and get them converted into park furniture and that's something that I really still hope to do. I love that idea Um, thinking about a park bench that's made from recycled clothing or plastic items that you just otherwise throw away. Um, You know, it's incredible what's possible. In that view, what gives you hope for the future of the Royal Parks Half Marathon? 
Well, interestingly, during lockdown, there was a record level of downloads for Couch to 5K. So it just goes to show that people are taking personal responsibility, wanting to get fit, wanting to enjoy the great outdoors. Again, loads of people are looking at more sustainable ways of commuting. I think we've all bought a bike during lockdown. Um, and, um, you know, basically the Royal Parks Half Marathon was sort of founded on the ethos of being a green event, of being inclusive. We don't have an elite field. Um, and we're really, really excited at the prospect of welcoming some of these newfound runners to the start line on April 2021. If people do want to run the Royal Parks Half, how do they get involved? So the ballot is no longer open but you can still run for a charity. And if you go onto our website, you can see that there's a whole list of charities who would absolutely love your support. Charities are really hurting through this pandemic. So as much support we can give them is absolutely essential. Um, and the Parks obviously is one of those charities. So um, we have our own team, Royal Parks, if people would be interested in running for us. And as I say, all you need to do is go to our website, find a charity that resonates with you, and sign up. Couldn't agree more. Persephone Deacon Cole, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. If people want to learn more about the Royal Parks Half, you can visit royalparkshalf.com. There will also be a link in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this new episode of the Hidden Stories of the Royal Parks. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. The Royal Parks is a charity that cares for 5,000 acres of green space in London. If you would like to support us, please go to royalparks.org.uk forward slash support. Thank you again so much for joining us today. We look forward to bringing you another episode of the hidden stories of the Royal Parks soon. Our podcast series is a team effort from Laura McMohon, Kristen Miller, Letty Lason, and Lucy Kellett. This episode was edited by Hannah Hethman and Julia Letts for Better Lemon Creative Audio. 